Hello everyone and welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hour. It's probably our final Champions League chat of the calendar year 2023 because we're moving on to the Women's World Championship. And so like we did last year, we're doing uh, some midterm grades, which was a lot of fun last time around. We're giving a grade from A down to F, A being the best or A plus being the best down to F being a terrible, terrible failure for all 16 teams and uh, giving our reasons behind that as well. Usually it uh, sees us give some very different uh, views on some of the teams and I'm sure we're going to see that as well over the next hour. Uh, we got Brian Campion and Alex Kulesh alongside myself, Chris O'Reilly. And before we jump into it, another friendly reminder that we have a way for you to support the podcast as well on patreon.com forward slash handball hour, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support the podcast and uh, support us doing extra content as well. We have the weekly Morning Club episodes uh, coming out to you and... During this upcoming Women's World Championship, we'll have some bonus podcasts as well. So it's a really good opportunity, uh, particularly over the next two months with the Women's World Championship uh, in December, the Men's Euro in January, we'll be doing a lot more. So even if you want to test it out for a month or two, these are two very good months. You can sign up for a month, test it out. And uh, if you decide it's not for you, that is fine as well. And yeah, all of your support is greatly appreciated and it's lovely to see so many people who have been with us right from the start of the year stick with us throughout the year that's a it's a nice first year of patreon i would say wouldn't you agree alex can't believe uh it's it's been a whole year uh yeah, almost, we, yeah. almost and we do have a new member uh that uh to patreon so hen Livgot uh signed up as a MTNet club um, member in the last week so thank you for joining us and yeah it's an exciting time there's going to be tons of bonus content for the women's world championship and then the men's euros is going to be absolutely wild balls to the wall that's uh, going to be it's going to be great all right with that done it's uh, time to jump in to our midterm grades and we're starting at the top of group a with CIV Kiel believe it or not uh, five wins one draw two losses and I'll go with that first uh, and my grade. Compared to the Bundesliga form, they're top of the group. It's a solid A for me. How could it not be with this disaster of a team? Uh, you can't you can't preface like Kiel's performance with their league performance, you know. I think I just, I think I just did, but anyway. <laughs> no, because we are teachers now in school. And we are teaching one subject, and our subject yeah. is the EHF Champions League. Yeah. And we're giving them grades on that. We don't know what's going on in other classes, and we don't care, really. So yeah. we're just going purely right. on the Champions League. Even on that, they're top of their group in what is a wild, uh, incredibly tight group. Uh, they've beaten PSG away from home for the first time in eons. Uh, they had a setback against Alborg. They came back and uh, got a, a good result the following week. That's A-worthy in my books. Not an A+, plus, but it's an A. I think you're, you are right, in a way, because going into the season, we kind of, we talked about, you know, oh, it's still Kiel, they should be winning the Champions League, you know, they have the best squad, but realistically, I think all of us thought that Kiel, uh, they're going to fight for a fourth position maybe in this group they're not as good as their teams they should be as good as them but they're not and they came out strong they stayed ahead i will say they you know they had that easy run of games at the start they got embarrassed by all so i think if you have 
such a loss, like 27-18 against Alborg in your home, you can't get an A. Yeah, I think that that has to dock you something. Yeah, that's 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 a dock them from an A plus to an A. <laughs> I went a little bit harsh with them. I gave them a B minus, but oh wow, that's what a disparity! <laughs> Nobody wants to take. Uh... Professor Kulesh's class, that's for sure. No, he's a, he's a tough <laughs> No <character>. soft touch. <laughs> I give I them a B plus pretty much for the same reason. Like when you get there, when you get your pants pulled down in Alborg, at home to Alborg like that, I think yep. you can't get an A. So I gave them a B plus. Uh, probably because I just don't really like Yika as well. So he all, I, <laughs> I always lose about <laughs> a grade when I'm dealing with Yika. But yeah, uh, B, B plus know. for me. I didn't expect them. I didn't expect them to be top of this group. Uh, just past the halfway point, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I saw this team as a quarterfinal team at best, and if they are in the top two in the group, then they've given themselves a much better chance of progressing beyond that. Have they been fun? No. Fun. I I love watching this team because you have a. It's like a. It's it's a. It's fun if you don't support them. I think if you're supporting them right now, then you're like. You're you've aged about ten years in this half season, but you know there's no boring games with this team anymore. It's either like, wow, this team is doing well and they're going to get a, a great result, or this is a car crash. And isn't it kind of funny to see Keel have a car crash, not just once a a season, but now you know two or three times a month. But I think their I think their style of handball hasn't been fun. Mm. It's they're they've been chaotic as you say, the, the whole season, up and down. And I think all the players have been chaotic and up and down. You would have, you know, Duvniak having a great game one time and then just being terrible the next. You have Reinkins stepping up at the start of the season. It's like, oh, Reinkins, their leader. And then he just completely tails off. You get glimpses of the skipper. And, you know, what was it, that game against PSG? Mm. Um where it was really the skipper who showed up and everyone got really excited and it's like, oh yes, this is gonna something's happening here. And then he's basically dropped for the next couple of games when they start losing. And that hasn't been fun to me. And I don't think it's conducive to a top, top performance. They've gotten by with the you know, the law of averages or, you know, chaos raining and it and it's worked well for them but i don't think that's that's an a okay so uh second in the group level on points uh in second is alborg alex you're an alborg expert what grade are you giving them so for alborg i gave them a b and i do want to say like with this group we talk about positions you know you said we're going to go through position by position but right now the group is basically there's there's three points between first place and sixth place and like just a couple of days ago Kielso were sitting in sixth place in the group um and then they got that extra win against Zagreb and they popped up to third place and you know you might be thinking oh this is actually a decent season but i think we have to realize that all of these teams are very equal and have mm. to think about their performances. And for Allborg, I've been impressed with their performances. So I gave them a B. Um, I think Allborg have had a little bit of a reset. They Last season, they didn't have a, a good year in the Champions League. Um, Mikkel Hansen's back. They revamped their squad. And for me, I thought, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a um, ramp-up season for them. I don't think they're ready to go to the very top, but they kind of, they've shown that they can play with all the big boys. Um, they've, I don't have it right in front of me, but they've beaten Kiel, they've beaten Kolstad, they've beaten PSG, I believe. Yeah, and they've beaten they've beaten Kielce and Kiel away from home. Big, big results. The only thing, the thing that really docks points for for me right now at this point is that they've 
really dropped points against the the gimmies. They they drew with Zagreb and lost that like quite embarrassing loss to Zeged, where well not embarrassing, but they got pretty dominated by Zeged in the third round of the season where the new Zeged coach got tearful and excited that uh, Zeged were back. But at that point, Zeged were really, really terrible. Both away from home, though. And like all the, like the, the bad results have come away from home, but that is also uh, away from home where they've managed to, to beat Kielsa and Kiel. I think if you were to ask them, or if you were to ask us, what would be a good return for them in the first half of the season, given they've had five away matches out of seven, that uh, victories in Kielce and Kiel would make up for a few drop points elsewhere, where you can drop points. I, I, yeah. I think, I think you're being too harsh. A B, a B feels harsh to me. What do you reckon, Brian? Oh, I actually could also give them a B, so I, maybe I'm being too <laughs> harsh as well. I mean, I have down here, like, obviously their highlights, their win against Kelsa. Uh, that was the opening game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was obviously a bit of a bit of a statement. But yeah, they have wobbled in some strange games. I think the draw against Zagreb was one which I think was a bit unexpected as well. And I have it down here in my notes. They lost to Alborg, but that's they, that that can't happen. So I need to check who, who was the other <laughs> <laughs> the other low point I had marked down. Ah, no, Zegged. it was it was Zegged, Zegged. It was Zegged, of yeah. course. Yeah, that, I think that was also a huge surprise for him. I think people expected them to do the job against Zegged. So I gave them a B, and I'd probably be. I think I could give them a B plus. I think uh, the reason I, I haven't given anyone A's. I don't want to give spoilers away, but I didn't give anyone A's here because. I feel like it's so volatile, those positions. I don't think Kiel are sitting at home going, oh, class, we're top of the table, like, you know, because that can change within one game so easily. All of those t- four teams can swap around within one game. So there's no, no one sitting there going, oh, class, give yourselves an A+, plus, and the next game down, they're sitting down in fourth. In the same way that we can't talk about other leagues in this, we also can't talk about the future in this. We can only base, the, base it on how they're doing so far. A bit like the MVP race. But uh, objectively, if you compare it to the other group, you know, yes. if we look at it in in a holistic way, mm-hmm. there's Barcelona and Veszprem who have really dominated the other group, and we'll get into that maybe in in this <laughs> podcast. Um, you can't say that any team in Group A has dominated the group. Yeah. So if teams like Barcelona and Veszprem are the ones that are leading towards an A, I don't think any team in Group A gets those top marks. They no way for Group A. Yeah, yeah. I gave them an A minus. So. <laughs> At least on my side, but that's the end of the A's in well, Group see, A for see, me. Chris, remember, remember when you school, Chris or yeah. Alex, like, and you get the midterm results. The teachers would always bring you down in one grid just be, so they keep yeah. you working hard for the rest of the year because otherwise you're going to give them an A now. They're going to take the foot off the gas. So that's a bit of my thinking as well. So I think I'll stick with B. A minus with the defeats to Seged and the draw at Zagreb. But if you beat Kelsey, you beat Kiel away from home. In my books, you're uh, you're doing well. Yeah, the only thing it was for me yeah. it was Kelsey. They beat them in the first day of the season. It was a bit like ah, okay, yeah, Kelsey weren't at the races. Your first day of the season. If you're ever going to beat them, it'll be that. But well, maybe maybe that's a bit harsh as well. Well, we'll we'll find out now, Brian. What's your take on Kelsey so far this season? Kielce, uh I think for going on from, I mean, as you would in school also, like a, like a teacher, you <laughs> talk about their past and what you expect from them this season or yeah. this semester. And having been in so many finals and been so dominant for so many years, to see them floundering around and getting some very, very strange results. And I think Alex Tushabai being injured was a bigger loss. Uh, or was that obviously a huge loss for them. Um, which was maybe the result resulting in some poor results. So I gave them a C plus. So my worst score so far. I am just a little bit higher than you there. I've given them a B minus uh, so far this season. Uh, I think the two and Alex alluded to it already. The two softer games against Zagreb now the last couple of weeks have bumped them up the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the the injuries they've had, like the two absentees. Uh, Dushabayev and Andy Wolf as well, both of whom are uh, are now coming back to fitness. I think um, you know it's harsh to to give them something that's much worse than that. Like on the face of it, you could, if you're really harsh, which Alex probably will be, he'll give them a D plus. 
And, uh, you know, on one side of things, I can see that. Uh, but on the other side, you have, I'm taking the, I'm taking the injuries into consideration. It has been disappointing because, uh, I thought there would be, you know, second place in the group. Uh, but at the moment, actually, they're not so far from it. The results have been underwhelming though. You know, the, uh, the home draw against Seged, the away draw against Zagreb and, uh, the, the loss to Kiel away from home as well. They did beat PSG at home. Uh, and because I was there and saw that, that that has pushed them up for me because uh, that was a very impressive performance. And that gave me a little bit of a, you know, an insight into what this team is actually like this season, uh, if all things go to plan. But the vibes aren't great, are they? The vibes were great that day. Since then, since then, not so much, you know. I think the uh, the downfall was uh, them patting uh, Ivan Cupic in the belly last week. You know, that was never going to end well. <laughs> Away to Zagreb and they're taking the piss out of a former player. It's like, that's never good. That's, that's a bit of bad uh, juju that right there. He is beefy, so, though, huh? He, he, he's got that <laughs> little belly, though. He's got serious pop belly. Um, I think Kiel's is a hard one to look at. Again, you know, what are we comparing against? If we compare against last season, this is a huge shock and their performance is... Um, not up to scratch. Their average goals per game has dropped by five from last season. So from 33.2 goals last year to 28.1. Yeah, That might just be Alex Dushbaev being injured for um, a large portion, but it feels like there's more than that. It feels like the squad... And the backcourt is just not not clicking. It's not working. Um, it it feels like a random collection of players that don't fully fit in together. Um, you know, like you you have, of course, Sitchko, who's been their stalwart, best in the world. At one stage, <laughs> <laughs> for two <laughs> weeks there. No, you know what? He started off pretty well. He, <laughs> he did. Tailed he did, yeah. off together with Kielsa. You have Alex Dushbaev, who's back now. And then it's just who else is there? You know, you have Karacic doing some stuff. Olenicek kind of does a little bit. Thrasterson is back, but he's not really playing. And then it ends up being a little bit individual with Sitchko and Alex Dushbaev doing their things. They've got great wingers and line players. There's no doubting that but that backcourt just doesn't feel right to me and I think that's probably part of the issue of this season and I, I gave him a C minus uh, I'm not fully harsh because despite their injuries they, they've managed to stay in the game not, and not drop out um, from contention even of the automatic spots but what an absolute mess I mean from going from owning every single player in Europe to not having enough to have enough players at backcourt. It's uh, it's quite the ride. Missing Hassan Kada as well, who hopefully at some point we'll see this season. Goldstad, yeah. Um, what, a, what a disastrous start to the season. I think it was uh, Brian Campion who said... Goldstad the team now we're talking about, yeah? <laughs> Goldstad the team, very entertaining. I'm enjoying this. Brian, what are your what, what, give us your your grades for the team and the the project as a whole so far? Team so far, very surp- I say I say quite surprising. I would say uh, B plus because oh. I probably had way lower expectations for them uh, performing this well. I mean, it's still I mean we're only halfway there. Things can change, but I've seen them also live twice as well, and uh, just really fun and uh, really really great vibes and really relaxed. You can just walk into the dressing room and they don't care. Because there's no culture in the club, so they don't know what's normal in the Champions yeah. League. So, so I get away with murder at the games. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm really, I'm really enjoying them as a team. I'm really enjoying them I, I, as a project. I think the whole stuff that went on at the start of the season, I give it a D. But yeah, Sandra Sagason playing in red is the best Sandra Sagason you're going to get. I think that's what we've learned from this season. <laughs> he is really looking like Sander, Norway Sander from yours of bygone uh, years, and he's. Uh, he seems to be really enjoying this stuff. And what we talked about earlier in the season, uh, if they can keep their team fit, they should do well. And that's pretty much been the case so far. I mean, they've obviously got that 
disastrous result against Zagreb, which was a bit of an anomaly. I feel like every team in this group has had one of those games, pretty much, where they got yeah. absolutely spanked. That Zagreb result was the first time we saw Zagreb cause an upset in this group, and I think all of us panicked. <laughs> we That's when I think Brian went on, you went on your big rant to, to shut down the club. <laughs> <laughs> no. After the loss of Zagreb, and now they've done it to, to a couple of teams. Oh no, he's their best friend. <laughs> Shut down the club, but keep the team. <laughs> <laughs> you have Brian Campy in the job of uh, managing director of the club. That's all we need. Uh, so you gave them a B plus. I, yeah. I I also gave them a B plus. Um, and you know the, a key thing for that for me has been their response to that really like poor uh, underwhelming start and that shock loss to Zagreb the fact that they've in four weeks in a row uh faced Kiel Aalborg and now PSG twice and come through that uh not less not not completely like unscathed but um with you know some fantastic results and a two-goal loss against Aalborg which uh, you can accept. I think that that has put them at a whole other echelon in this group. Uh, we were plotting them down to fifth and sixth place not so many weeks ago. Now they are a proper top half of the group contender. And um, yeah, that, that for me is a big, big overachievement. And a B plus, I think, is a, a, a fair assessment of that. I gave them an A because ah! they've been... They've been my favorite team in the Champions <laughs> League this season. Also, uh, uh, this is Alex. Uh, this is Alex Kulesh's uh, master's class in vibes. I see. You're an art teacher in school, anyway. But you know, like after cultural you know, studies, you you look at Kielsa and then you look Vibology. at Kolstad. Both teams on uh, nine points. But which club would you rather be in this season so far? It's got to be. Colstad or which team? Sorry, get, Brian. Get, get no. half, <laughs> getting half your wages. Vibe <laughs> City. Yeah. I will say this though. I probably went up a little bit, few points in my book as well. But how the players did respond to that whole wage situation, and they didn't just throw in the towel. There's something a little bit romantic about that. I mean, it's a bit like Stockholm syndrome, falling in love with your captor. But uh, there's, there's something there. They maybe gained a few brownie points, even though I don't disagree with the whole thing. But like, I think it's something nice that they just said, "No, look, it's going to be a tough season." We'll take the half pay, apart from the unnamed Icelander who left. Everyone, uh, everyone stays over at Sanders' mansion. Exactly. You know, we'll be fine. Uh, but they've just—they've been great. Sanders Sagasin has been incredible. Um, their intensity that they play with is incredible. The home support they've started to receive, and it's kind of been building. It was a little bit slow at the start in the, in the home games. They weren't quite selling out their arenas. Don't think they have sold out the. The hall in Trondheim, yeah, but they got Ooh. very close. The budgets um, be suffering. <laughs> but you know, we talked about they have getting to the quarterfinal in their budget. Yeah, I think that's they're gonna hit their budget, and they really have this the feel of first season Allborg in the Champions League. They just have that same vibe. It's a whole different picture. Of course, it's a whole different way that the club has been put put together, but they just feel like something's going to happen with this club, and anything can happen. Um, so I, I really like them, gave them an A, and if they arrive to the final four in Cologne, I won't be surprised. So from Corsa's A, Alex, to uh, PSG. PSG, I gave them a C, and... Again, I think their their current position of fifth place doesn't really um, really dictate their whole season. They started off really well. They they won four and just lost one game to Kielsa in their first five games, but they have two losses and a draw in the last three games, which is surprising. I think we really have to see how PSG and Real Gonzalez respond to this. Because it is, it's a huge setback. PSG have just constantly won in the Champions League for the last couple of seasons. They keep winning. They keep getting those playoff spots. 
they they're a machine and they have especially over the last couple of seasons Luke Steins is just like a group stage game winning machine it'll just pull you through and they've just hit a wall this season right now I'm not really sure what, what the issue is um, Steins has still been good Prandi has been very good for them Shipchak is um, top scorer across every list it's just maybe it's that right back position that they haven't quite figured out with um, Mate, not giving yeah. Dominic Mate enough trust and then playing Tunnison. And you know we we've, we've talked about Tunnison and his uh, limitations before, um, but something is worrying there. A C for me, but I think I'm I'm worried more than a C. It's kind of a, so far it's a C, but I feel that it might even drop. If they don't figure something out, yeah, I have, a, I have them as at a C plus. I think the little bit higher than a flat C because the first, you know, half of this uh, this group so far has been uh, pretty comfortable because it's always comfortable for PSG. But then all of a sudden, it's like the home comfort, the home aura was lost. I think teams go to play away to PSG and they know, okay, you know, we. We might score 32 goals here, but we'll concede 41. And that's uh, generally the way it's gone. And then Kiel went and like broke the spell a little bit a few weeks ago. And uh, I think if that Kiel result didn't happen, then the, the last two Colstar results might not have happened as well. It's had a bit of a knock-on effect. And uh, yeah, they still have some figuring out to do. That right-back position, I think uh, the absence, the departure of Dennis Christopan's the ever reliable he hadn't the last couple of seasons he was never like magnificent for them but he was uh he was getting the job done for them and uh Dominic Mathe not playing at the level they expected of him yet uh could still happen um I think is being key and uh, maybe they're underusing Jakob Holm as well I'd like to see more of him in that I think uh, you know why sign him if you're not going to use him um there, I think there are formulations of that team where you have Holm and Steins also getting the job done together, but uh, they haven't found that yet. So yeah, Jacob, C plus for me. Jakob Holm's the weirdest one because I was obviously at the last game, and every single time he walked on the court, I was like, "Oh yeah, Jakob Holm plays." I just I would forget from <laughs> minute to minute that he's still a PSG yeah. player. It's just still so strange to see him in the PSG kit. But yeah, I was talking to a few fans as well um, before the game, and they were their main thing was that they probably expected more from Dominic Mate and they had to felt like one he'd be used more and then two he maybe have a bit more of an impact but I think after the injury that he had maybe I don't know he's not quite he's not quite flying yet but I gave them a C plus um, I'm not going to repeat what some of you guys said so I think just a last point on Mate as well because um, obviously Omar Yahia is confirmed to go to PSG next year and there's already ru- rumours swirling that Dominic Mate is going to move somewhere Again, not really conducive to a, a good team spirit. Maybe that's the issue. Like you have a few kind of outcasts and quite talented outcasts in Jakob, Jakob Holm and Dominic Mate causing some issues. And yeah, maybe that's that's the reason for what's going on. It just doesn't feel as in sync this season. Seged, uh, I have them down here as a... A C plus. Now hear me out. It's uh, again a bit like Kielso. The last couple of games they've had the gimmies against Pelister, so that has flattered them a little bit. Flattered them all the way up to sixth place in the group. But considering what we thought of them at the beginning of the season, and you know this being basically a transition year before they're taken over by the Scandinavians, I think they've done relatively well. They've put in a few results there that have been beyond what we expected. That draw with Kielce, the win at home to Alborg, um, we have to give them some credit for that. It's not just because the the opposition had a, a bad game at the time. And uh, and yeah, they're actually on a kind of a decent run now, having played Zagreb and uh, Pellister in the last three games. They get Zagreb again, and then they get uh, Kielce at home, so they could actually bring themselves up to a good position. But basing on what we've seen so far, 
Um, they haven't disgraced themselves by any means. They had one really bad result away to Colsta. That was like the the coming out party for Colsta. So I'm going to give them a C plus. I gave them a C plus plus as well with the way they started and the panic to the season. I, I think there was a worry that they're going to miss kind of the playoffs altogether and be out of the race. They're they're well in it. Are they as good as the teams above them? Probably not. Um, are the vibes good? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> vibes haven't been good for a very long time there, I would say that. The vibes haven't been good. Ever since they got a new arena, the vibes just went downhill. <laughs> I, to be honest, I haven't even watched much of Zega this season just because they're they're a little bit boring. And it, it's just... Like, what are you doing this season, Zega? Like, who who cares about you apart from maybe not even your own fans right now? <laughs> we know that things are going to change in the future, but I don't know. Uh, they don't don't excite me. I still gave them a C plus because they did better than I I hoped. I hoped that that means I, that means I wanted them to fail, but uh, no. Um, I gave them a C, so. We're all on the on the seas there. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with what you said, Chris, as well. That like, given it as much of a as much of a transitional period it is, and with Pastor leaving after being there for so long, and knowing that there's going to be someone else new coming in, it's it could be very easy for them to just kind of and probably the whole most of the squad's going to move move elsewhere as well, or a lot of a lot of the players will move elsewhere. That it could have been very easy just to kind of, yeah, down tools and just. Right. Play like absolute muck. I mean, they are third from bottom, so <laughs> I mean they're not exactly lighting up the the league, but they have still had some decent performances as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else I could say. Mario Sestaric is fifty-one goals, which is a bit like a bit of a wild one. Yeah, he's having a good time. Vibes are great in the right wing, that's yeah. for sure. So so much so that uh, Sebastian Frimmel is just not getting the ball anymore in the left wing. But uh, so that's the third from bottom team. And uh, Brian, what's your take on uh, the second from bottom team? who uh, are Zagreb and have a better goal difference than Kielce in third place. Yeah, I saw so Zagreb in the opening game against Kiel and I was like, oh God, it's going to be such a long season. And also, I kind of hated going to that arena and that place, like about 40 people watching the game. And I was just like, oh, this is like something kind of mildly depressing about going to watch Zagreb. I don't know what it is. But I think since then, they've been quite, I mean, in terms of vibes, it seems like it's been quite fun, you know? Two wins, two draws. I think if you said to me at the beginning of the season that, I mean, it's weird. I put them in second last position in the group as my prediction for the season. And they're still second last in the group. But they're kind of like, do you know what? Pretty good. You know, yeah. pretty good. Uh, so the vibe's very good. And I think uh, it's been a bit surprising, I would say. So I gave them actually a B, which is a weird one since they're second last. But from their expectation to uh, to their actual reality, I was kind of pleasantly surprised because... That could be an absolute. It's been terrible f- for the last few years being a, a Zagreb fan, but at least now they've something to hold on to a little bit. Yeah, I have them on a B as well, um, purely because they're showing that they belong in this competition. At least they're playing yeah. catch up with the rest of the group, but they're not a disaster. Yeah. And you know they've made some teams look a little bit embarrassed. They they've become this home for the. Uh, the players of, of years gone by, as long as you're a winger, then, uh, you know, have a great time out there. And it's just, I mean, that that is great. You know, a team where Timur Tiborov is defying, uh, you know, uh, defying the uh, the autumn of his career uh, or the winter of his career and still going strong in the Champions League. Happy to see it. I so, gave him a B plus. There you go. There you go. I just, it's the... It's the big results against the good teams. There's, you know, there's looking at Zeged and the way they've performed and they've kind of beaten the teams around their level. And then there's Zagreb, who have a draw against Kielsa, who smacked Kolstad around, who drew with Alborg. All really impressive results. And they have the best defense in the competition by far. Um... They're only conceding 26.2 goals per game. They're only scoring 26.8 goals, so it's not <laughs> it's not um, 
quite the defense, more about their slow style, but they're making it work. Um, there's some buzz around them, and they're not the worst team of all time like they've been yeah. in the last couple of seasons. We're getting on to them next. Uh, <laughs> so can we, let's get this straight. Uh, Alex, so far your top two rated teams are Kolstein and Zagreb, yeah? Yeah, they've exceeded yeah. expectations. Nice. So that's the way I've uh, looked at these ratings. All right. Well, uh, in that case, uh, I look forward to Pellister. What's your rating on them? Oh, Christ. I think we've all the same rating here, do we? Go on, Brian. What, what do you have? F. It shouldn't be in the competition. Uh, let's go on to Group B. <laughs> <laughs> I upgraded them to D- because they've um, at least they've put up good fights against uh, the weaker teams in the group, like uh, Zagreb and Zeged. And Kiel, they lost 23-20. Yeah. 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 Three goals, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this from a perspective of the classic underdog team that is out of their depths, and we've all been there. Uh, so three-goal loss is quite good, I would say, at home. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave them a D flat uh, because... Yeah, they're not at this level. Zero points. They're not at this level. I mean, go on. What, what's the difference? Passing them. <laughs> yeah, because oh, because you soft teacher. Zero points as the teacher. Zero out of. You literally gave that. You actually get. You literally gave that re- the reason why they're a D and not a D minus because uh, because <laughs> because they've improved. You know. Oh, you're such a nice teacher. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. They are. I, I see them getting uh I see them getting a point before this season ends. And then you give them an A, would you? No, then they get <laughs> they get then they then then they justify the D. They need they need a point to to, to hold on to the D before the end of the season. Stop saying hold on to the D. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're getting they shafted got, down the bottom of the group. Got, they, they sure are. <laughs> hey. uh, they've got um They've got the the home game uh, in a couple of weeks' time against Zagreb. That's do or die for them this season. All right, let's keep moving then. Group B. I'll start with us with Barcelona. Okay, I think I've been as dominant as they have been in other seasons. So I gave them a A minus. Apart from the the spanking to to Vesprem, I think they've been good, but maybe not as good as previous seasons. And like the golden child in school, they haven't had many plus forty goal wins. They've only had one plus 40 goal loss. So I think very good. Maybe not to the highs of, of previous years, which have been, I mean, absolutely incredible, but still uh, top of the class. So A minus. A for me. They've still been a golden child. Just not not beautiful, polished, uh, 100% pure gold as they've been over the last couple of seasons. Uh, they've been really good. DKMM has been the best player in the competition so far. He, I like him becoming the absolute leader. And I want to just throw out a real big props to Luis Frade, just because we had so many question marks about that line player position with Fabregas leaving. And Luis Frade seemed like he was just kind of chilling in Barcelona. He got the big move. He was this kind of pudgy guy. Even remember at the you red cards, home. yeah. Few red cards. Was it? Was it after the semi-final where uh, we were walking in Cologne last season, where Luis Frade knew that he wasn't really going to get on the court in the final, so he was having a few beers outside with uh, with his family uh, on the Saturday before uh, <laughs> the final match, uh, and he just turned all that around. He's been. A really top player, um, solid in attack and in defense, and really dominant in attack. And I think that has, you know, that's helped Barca stay top. So I do want to just give some props to Luis Frade for what he's achieved this season. Yeah, I have uh, a minus, uh, same as Brian, because uh, you know they. I don't think you know we there was a lot there were doubts about them this season because of the departures. They've proven in the meantime that they are still a top, top tier team. Um, but that that loss to Vesprem conceding 40 goals at home, that that knocked them down a couple of uh couple of marks for me. So A minus. 
Do Good. you think? Go on. Just a, a last point on Barca. Emil Nielsen in goals has been out of this world. He's averaging 35%, almost 36%, which is, uh, he was up above 40 for the first half of the season. Um, does that make you a little bit worried? That are they reliant on, on a goalkeeper? It, it always makes me a little bit uneasy when a goalkeeper is just so far ahead of everyone else that, you know, maybe everything that Barca have achieved this season is really due to Emil Nielsen being out of this world. And if he rebounds down to earth for, you know, a playoff game or a quarterfinal game, they might be in trouble. If if they if they didn't have Gonzalo Perez de Vargas as the other keeper, then I would be worried. But I think Gonzalo is a player who he's very zen about all this, and he's been the number two in the past. He knows how to deal with it. I think he he'll be ready when it comes to the knockout matches. I feel like it's like it's just part of the Barcelona DNA, especially in the Champions League, that you have a keeper that's always overperforming. I feel like think back to any other season. I feel like if it, if it wasn't Emil Nielsen, it was. Paris de Vargas a few years gone by so I feel like they've always had that kind of goalkeeper in their ranks anyway so mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't be worried if I was a Barca fan Vesprim my highest score my highest grade me I've too a, an A no A plus just an A what What do we say about you, you like Vesprim don't you Alex what, what did you make of them so far I gave them an A plus because uh, they've been the best team in the competition and um, they their attack is really out of this world uh, again when we talk about uh, changes from last season to this season they're up at uh, over 36 goals per game this season which is the highest of any team over the last two or three seasons uh, up from 32.1 goals last year um, they've just been a juggernaut and they're doing it as a team. And I, I had doubts about them because I, I wasn't really sure if, yeah, Illich, Illich. Uh, was, I was just about to say Yeehaw in my head. I just really don't <laughs> like that. I don't like that Kiel team from uh, the unbeaten Kiel team with Illich and uh, Yeehaw. And Karabatic, when Karabatic becomes yeah. a coach, I'll fucking had, hate him. They, they, had it, they had it too easy, you know, they don't know the hard way. <laughs> I doubted Illich, but he's managed to put in a really widespread attack. They just have so many ways of attacking. Um, They have so many directions. They have so many players that have different abilities. Casado has been impressive um, for them this season. Eldera has a completely different style to that. Kantan Mai has a completely different style to that. Kasaratov has a completely different style to that. And all of those things have been working. So each of those kind of, they they sub each other in. They spar yeah. for a little while, hit a few haymakers, and then go out there. And that's just worked really well this season. It's a thing that they've wanted to do for years now. And it's finally happening. Big heavyweights in the backcourt, just like tearing into them one after another. And then it's like a non-stop tag team wrestling match. Um but it's finally working and and towards the end of the season and you know what's going to happen because he's building up to the Olympics Yahya Omar is going to come in as well and he'll be ready to go and add his uh, weight into that just before his injury he was probably their best player and yeah I think if you have a first half of the season which uh, you win away to Magdeburg by five goals and win away to Barca by five goals uh, score 40 goals plus in half of your games A plus for me as well uh, you can lose to Gay away from home that you know shit happens uh, besides like that that doesn't take anything away from me that just uh, is just Gay and uh, yeah they're only improving so yeah I think they, what Alex said there about the kind of so many different places to get goals from you see that as well when you look at the their squad and, and who scored goals they have nine players who've scored over 20 goals which feels very Barcelona-esque yeah. of other seasons. Barcelona, you have six. Do you want to guess how many cell you have over 20 goals? Three. Three, yes. Magdeburg. I gave him a B plus so far this season. Um, 
considering the poor start they had, they've responded very well. I think uh, we maybe were a bit harsh on them at the start of the season because they're the reigning champions, but they are clearly approaching the season in the right way, balancing things and the competition we're not allowed to talk about, uh, the Super Globe. No. <laughs> the, uh, the Bundesliga. Uh, they, yeah, I just, I like what they're building here. Um, they, the losses they suffered, maybe, will, uh, I mean, it's not co- completely ruling them out of a top two place. They managed to, to peak at the right time the last season in the group. And uh, I think they're aiming towards that. That being said, they lost two games very early on. They've won six out of eight. Um, I think there's very little to complain about. It's not a, a performance that puts them in the A ranks just yet, but it doesn't need to be B-plus for me. They had that dramatic loss against Barcelona, 32-20, on the 21st of September. They've won every game after that, across all competitions. Two months of absolute dominance. And I think they're the most informed team in handball right now. But when looking at the Champions League as a whole up to this stage, I still gave them a B. But uh, I'm very bullish on them being of the same level as Barcelona and Veshram. You know, and their losses were against Barcelona and Veshram. So it's not like it's it's, it's a huge surprise. Yeah. And they have Gissi Christiansen coming back relatively soon they've done this without their best player um they just they're so fun they're purely you know small ball handball we we, you know we've talked about it but they've really taken it to the next level um even the players that they got in this season in felix clar lagergren and smarison all around that one meter 85 to 1 meter 90 uh, line, dynamic, fast, can slot in anywhere. And that's just really worked for them. Um, I'm so <laughs> happy I stole one of their jerseys from the last Champions League Final <laughs> Four that I can wear when they win it again this season. <laughs> so B for you, B plus for me, Campo. Uh, a B for me uh, as okay. well, so yeah. Uh, we, we won't dwell on that too much we'll keep moving we, we still have a few more yes. things to get through what do, you, what do you got on Montpellier for us Brian Montpellier I gave them uh, a C I um, haven't really seen to be honest a whole lot of Montpellier this season but it's been kind of I mean it's been kind of what we expected I think from them um, winning a lot of games against like obviously against like selling the like losing to, to GOG Put up a good fight against Magdeburg, uh, 25-28. So I think they've been they've been doing what they should have doing and kind of I mean middle of the table. Yeah, I think a C is fair enough. But I'll be honest, yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot of them. No, I have them as a like a a C plus. Like they're doing what they need to do, but they haven't put in a I haven't seen them put in a a performance that has like caught the attention mm. yet. Uh they haven't really worried the top three and I think that's uh, yeah it's they're in a, a little bit of a precarious position because they're fourth at the moment but uh, you know levels Giogi Porto are just a couple of points behind them uh, so yeah nothing is guaranteed there I gave them B minus so roughly the same range um, I think they've played well against the top teams so that's what pushed them into a B for me they, they had a 33-31 loss against Bashprem good performance they did lose um Ahmed Hesham uh a couple of games into the season he was starting to light it up for them but um Hugo Monte has been uh, a real revelation for them it's nice to see the young Brazilian left back take his place in that squad um Diego Simone hasn't been good and Diego Simone hasn't been good for a little while. And there have been rumours of Montpellier getting rid of Diego Simone for, for the last couple of seasons. And I think they probably should have done it. Um, he just hasn't been that good. I don't think he 
he has a lot of mileage behind him. He has a lot of injuries behind him and he's at the tail end of his career. And I think in ways he might be holding this team back a little bit. As painful as that is to say, uh, because we all do love Diego Simone. He's just not at the races at the highest level anymore. Could be so. I think maybe after the Olympics he'll probably uh, feel less need to to force it at this level uh, and move on to a nice Spanish European League team. Uh Gi. B yeah. for me. Cause I I I think they yeah, they the win over Vesprem is very impressive uh for me, but they have been very inconsistent. But that's Gi. And they did it last season. They'll keep doing it forever. Uh it's a little bit better than I expected, but I still like I think fifth they're like they're almost cemented to be there, even though they could finish in the top half. But B feels reasonable for me. Yeah, because I think with, before the season we were a bit like we didn't know what to expect from them uh, with with all the outgoings. So I actually had down a C plus, but actually maybe I'll move up to a a B minus. Uh, obviously, Madsen with forty seven goals, been incredible. Mensing forty six goals on the other side. I mean, so just from left and right back, just unbelievable uh, talent there. Martin Olsen at the grand old age of 67 is 23 goals, you know. He's, uh, I mean, he put in a, I got to see his master class in, in Płock and that was wonderful to see. But just like, you know, I think the vibe uh, on Alex Kulish's scale, vibes are good and that pushes them up for me. Mm. Vibes are good in the Champions League, but they're yes. not good in the league. And we're only talking I, again, about the Champions we're, League. We're, we're ignoring <laughs> here. Um, but I think for Gay Gay, it's, it's affecting their Champions League performance. Because it was like they, when they played really well in the league, they could really focus on the Champions League games and count them as like big bonus games. It's like if things are going well at home, we're going to go all out and try to like really get a big win against one of the top teams. It feels like with the focus shifting to the league for them to steady the ship, they're not doing well at all. Um, they're they're even more inconsistent in the in the Champions League because they don't have the same focus on it. Um, I think for them, the, the league is more important right now to get that right. Despite that, Armensing has been fantastic. Um, did you hear that there's big rumours of him going to Melsungen next year, which is as much as I like Melisung in this season, I just it feels dirty. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you giving Gyogi? I was opposite to Brian, where I was actually leaning for a B minus, but I put him down to a C plus. Okay, Porto, Alex. Porto are great. Porto are great. Look at them. Look at them sitting in sixth place. They've got three wins. They're a team that's really struggled the last couple of years. We thought that the. Gandhi Iberian combination could never work, and it has. Um, I, I give them a a solid B this season um, because they've really exceeded expectations. B minus for me there. Uh, we we talked a few weeks ago that uh, it could be a long barren spell for them uh, in the middle of of this season without a victory, but they managed to get that win over Giogi at home. Uh, which is key for them. And yeah, at the moment, doing more than enough to to be in the top six. And I think that is way beyond expectations. Yeah, they do have the third worst defense in the competition. They've really taken a few big losses. Sorry, the second worst defense behind Celia at 33.2 goals. So that's something they need to sort out. They don't have the same kind of used to have those big line players to steady the ship in in, in that defense um Alexis Borges Selena and Iteriza while Selena and Iteriza are still there it's not they don't have the same solidity we always talked about them as oh they'll slow it down they'll they they'll get into slogs for Porto playing that 7 on 6 a lot of the time they haven't done that this season they play fast Rui Silva really orchestrates everything um I think their ceiling is limited, but they've done yeah. really well. Yeah, um, I've given them a a B 
because I think they've kind of, you know, when you the first two games of the season, beating Płock and beating Celia are two games which they would have eyed up and thinking, okay, we could, they're, game, they're winnable games, and they did that. And then you're going to come against Barca, Vesprem and Magdeburg, never going to win those. So, yeah, I mean, shipped a load of goals, doesn't matter. Messed up their goal difference, as Alex said. And then beating Gog then was a huge one, which was like one which people probably didn't expect them to win. So that kind of put them up in the grade book for me. They, yeah, seemed to, Montpellier seemed to be maybe their kryptonite a little bit. So they have the next game against Gog and then their last two games of the season. So I think they basically have three more games where they can pick up points. So I think they've done well in the games where they have identified we can win matches here. So yeah, I give them a I give them a B. Potsk. Potsk. Ah, two points. I g- I've given them a D. I I don't know what else you can say. Uh, it's it's rough down there at the bottom. This is no Zagreb like in Group A. I don't have the same same feeling here. I think it's a uh, it's. There's obviously a lot of spirit and a lot of fight in the team as well, but it's been it's been tough for them so far. Yeah, D minus for me. Uh, those first two losses of the season have dropped them into a fail category for me. Remember last season they they left it very late to scrape into the top six. Could happen again. They've got Porto at home, uh, Montpellier at home. You know, a couple and Celia away. It's like there's six points they can claw back, uh, but. Yeah, nothing guaranteed, and at the moment, from what we've seen, D minus. Yeah, but they're not—they're far from spanking boys in the in the group. No, right? you know, I mean, even the games yeah. against Barca. I mean, the the one at home, twenty five twenty eight, was I think pretty pretty impressive for a lot of people. But yeah, yeah, the points, not, the points on the not board, getting the points. Don't, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and their their attack is just not not there. Um, and they've never been the the highest scoring team, but. They're right at the bottom with 25.5 goals per game. It's, it's just not not enough at this level. They're really struggling to score without Casarato. Mm. It's it's tough. It's It's been tough for Visa Fox. This is a team that got to the quarterfinal last season. Mm. So you have them as? D minus as well. And Celia, for you, Alex? Uh, I, I actually gave them a D plus because they've uh, they've really like pushed a couple of the top teams um quite a lot we know that Celia are always going to do it in this case they've been a lot more exciting than Jura Farm Pallister who are on zero points in the other group and um Meteor Jans is is some player I them as a D so just about pass through they three games there they could have well one in particular the Porto they should have got a result they absolutely blew that one uh, right way back in round two another team like they're just maybe just about justifying their place but barely and Brian can you give is there such thing as an F plus I don't think so um, an E for effort yeah an E for effort maybe I mean yeah pu- pushing is really nice and all but when you've no points in the board it's hard to to give them any kind of good grade I mean yeah could they go winless all season it's definitely possible so yeah, it's it's rough there at the bottom. So I'll I'll stick with F. Last question: Give the full Champions League a grade. So uh, how has the Champions League been as a whole? The competition. What would you give it? Because of Group A, I think I'd probably give it a compared to other seasons. Anyway, I'd probably give it a B minus so far. B plus for me. I, I lean towards a B plus as well, or a B. Being fun. Uh, Group A has been a lot of fun. The te- there's been some really great teams and. I'm telling you, I just love Kolstad. So that that pushed me up to a B plus. I think Kolstad being in there has changed the whole thing, honestly. Like, you know, that whole fresh team in there, just a bit wild, that they've really rattled rattled a few cages up there. I just get worried that because Group A has been good, that they're going to be like, oh, just keep this system now for another while. Because, I mean, they're meant to change it for next season, aren't they? But, uh, Is that confirmed? They're going to change it again? I thought I read somewhere that it's going to be reviewed after the season. That would be nice, but what does that mean? Review. I mean, that could that could literally mean, oh, we're going to change it from Group A to call it Group One. <laughs> <laughs> I so it has been a good competition so far. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I think we're all we've all given the Champions League a, a little bit of shit in the past, but you know, it is the best handball that goes on in the world. And um, some of these games have been outstanding. So uh, I'm excited to see the season go um thank you chris 
And uh, thank you, Brian, for exciting journey through every single team. So stick with us, uh, join our Patreon, and thanks for joining us. <laughs>